everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sex, Love, and Injectables. I am your host, Heather, and this has become a shit show of a series, but we're doing the aesthetic series where we're focusing on my favorite drugs in the whole entire world, neurotoxins, filler, all of the good things. We've talked about filler, neurotoxins, skin tightening, and today we have one of my favorite people ever that I met recently back in November. His name is Jeff Castillo. He's the vice president of MERS. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, hello, Heather. Thanks for having me. We're excited. I'm very excited about being here. Yeah. So a little about myself. I've been with MERS now for over four years, and it's been a great run. And prior to that, I came primarily from ophthalmology and all types of medical devices. Yeah, wait a minute. Let's go, let's dive into that a little bit sure. deeper. So, um, you know, one of, one of the things that I really like about you and just the little bit of background research that I've done is that you would consider yourself very entrepreneurial and something about entrepreneurs, we are magnetic. I feel like we attract each other's company because there's not that many people out there that are very entrepreneurial. And if you're not familiar, being an entrepreneur is kind of like jumping out of an airplane and you have the materials to make a parachute, but you have to figure out how to make it on the way down and it might work and it might not. And it's not, not that serious. Like that's a really right. aggressive description of being an entrepreneur, but I, I like bringing you on in this aesthetic series because this is going to be a little bit more business focused, but still a really good subject to talk about for injectors. And I think it's going to be beneficial to clients as well. So Let's just dive a little bit deeper into that. You can't just be like ophthalmology and now I'm here. How did that happen? Well, your observation is really good and you're very intuitive in picking that up because in my career, I've usually showed up to turn something around or start something. So I was with Johnson & Johnson for 22 years, which you know is made up of 235 different medical device and pharmaceutical yeah, it's companies. Huge. It's huge. I was known as the person that either was dropped in to turn something around and prove it out and or start something. So I have turned businesses around like wound care at one point, And I've also launched bariatrics and bariatric bypass and the, you know, the OB or the weight reduction band. I've done all that kind of stuff. And uh, from there, I went into an opportunity to turn an ophthalmology division around that Abbott had required, acquired. And I, I was able to do that. And I did it in a successful way. And as we know, ophthalmology has a lifestyle healthcare component called LASIK surgery. Yes. And so a lot of these LASIK doctors were adopting aesthetics. And so I became friends with many of them. And an opportunity for a startup called Alfion came before me. Okay. And that's how I got into aesthetics. I gotcha. Alfion, tell me, it sounds familiar. Isn't that like a... a I could be completely wrong here. I feel like it's like a credit card processing or something similar they to care that. credit. They do that. It was the first uh, group brought together where the doctors were empowered and investors to kind of position their products or their creations through a sales network, a commercial network. Got it. And Evelis, it became Evelis later as we yes. know as Evelis. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, from an outside perspective, it seems like all the little companies are just being bought out by these major big companies like Abbott and yes. everybody else. So every entrepreneur that I've ever met has a fail story. Do you have one? 
Yeah, I have a lot of them actually. What's your What's your best fail story? Wow, there, <laughs> there's there's quite a bit of them. I I could tell you a, a big one was we launched a device that was to maintain sterilization after uh, after the processing, and it was placed in the OR. We launched the product, and we had one of the bigger hospitals in the country adopt the product. And I told them, you know what, run every single surgical instrument to this device, you'll be fine. The next oh, yeah. day. Sounds, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was Jeff Castillo OR1, Jeff Castillo OR2. Every single container had failed this time. Oh, and no. we had people under anesthesia and everything. That, yeah, that was a bad failure. Yeah. Well, I know everybody out there is wondering what my fail story is because I've never given that yet. So oh, I I, <laughs> this is bad. My fail story. So I started a company when I was 21 years old and I, I rented a building that had several rooms in there. And so my idea was to lease them out. And at the time I was a massage therapist. So I, I'm like, I'm just going to lease these out to similar businesses and I'll reach out to, you know, the massage therapy community and see if anybody wants to rent a room. Well, I think that I may have been a madame during this time. Uh oh. Yeah. Because I rented rooms out and I noticed that some of the girls that would come in looked like, they were coming from the nightclub. And so I, I think it could have been a little sketchy. They looked like it or they were coming for the nightclub? They, they could have been either. But right. uh, but yeah, so that business quickly, quickly took a turn. And um, and that was my first fail. I was I was madame meaning to be a room leaser. But I think it was the day that Glitter had come in for an interview. Right. With her four inch or maybe high six inch stilettos. Uh-oh. And I'm pretty sure the salon next door was like, wait a damn minute. This looks a little fishy. So did they call law enforcement on you or totally? <laughs> yeah. And I was not prepared. I was like, no, I mean, they, they're licensed. I checked their credentials. They're licensed they're massage therapists. I'm like, well, we found an ad for a couple of them on Craigslist. And if you know anything about Craigslist, it's just not a good look. Yes. So I had to recover from that. Oh my word. Um, hopefully there's no upcoming fail stories. We're we're doing pretty good. But I've I've since left the Madame business and so now I'm I, glad to hear that. That's how I got into aesthetics. Thank heavens for that. Yeah, no kidding. Could nice you transition. imagine? Yes. I feel like it's a good come up story. Right. So okay, well let's let's talk about one of the other obvious things. I know we're audio only, but you're Jeff Castillo, but you don't look like a Castillo. Yes. Well, that's funny you say that. I, I actually confuse the world. I have an American first name and a Hispanic last yeah, name. Jeff Castillo. Jeff Castillo. My parents were actually Cuban refugees. And when they landed in this country and my mother became pregnant with me, the people that were sponsoring them had a son that died in a car accident. And his name was Jeffrey Allen Castillo. Got it. So my parents, in honor of them, gave me that name. That's sweet. It's sweet, but... The sad thing is my mother still can't pronounce my name. So I'm known as Efrial and Castillo. Oh, so. Well, that is sexual. Yes. Yeah, very, very. I like it. Drop it's the romantic. J. Yes. That's, that's, that's what they say. But nobody knew what she was talking about when right. she says, my son Efri. And they're like, who's Who is that? Yeah, who's Efri? Well, it's funny that you say that. So my dad is one of the whitest people that I know. Like he, if you ever look up like common things that white people say, my dad's picture is on the definition. <laughs> and so kind of not similar to that story, but my, my dad is William. All right, let me backstory this. We're German. And so I think they were trying to do William Carlos. Okay. But they misspelled it 
to Carlos. So my dad is Bill Carlos Jaeger. <laughs> and he looks nothing like a Carlos. No, I'm there's sure. no Carlos. There's no detected. Carlos anywhere in the blood, right? Zero percent chance. <laughs> like so if he funny. went on, a, on the Maury show, it's like 99 percent sure you're definitely not related right. to anybody that has another Carlos middle name. Well, so. it comes in handy, though, because a lot of times I'll be in an elevator and such and people will be speaking to each other in Spanish, having no idea that I understand it. So are you completely fluent? I am fluent in Spanish and English. And I love that. I always pull a trick, right? When the elevator door open, I'll answer something in Spanish back to them. Yeah. Like I heard it and they're like, they're shocked. You but. know, if you give me enough cervezas, I'm completely fluent in Spanish too. Well, you use the word cerveza very appropriate. Right, so. I felt good about it. Yes, and good. there was a time I went to Mexico one time. This is another, like, this is the definition of ADD, but I went to Mexico and cause I took six years of Spanish per school and I felt very, I understand it very well, but I don't speak it very well. And I think part of that is I'm just not confident. So I just choose right. not to. But when I went to Mexico, apparently I had enough alcohol to where I was completely fluent. You were completely lingual. Yeah. And the next morning they were like, you speak English? And I'm like, did I speak Spanish? Like it <laughs> so was now the you know thing. the trick. Get yeah. drunk and you speak Spanish. Exactly. All right. So rolling back into, into aesthetics again. Right. So you got into aesthetics and then you joined MERS. So tell me right. a little bit about MERS. Yeah. So Bob Radigan, who is currently the worldwide CEO of MERS, was with me at Alfion. So he was the CEO there and I was the president. We both, for numerous different reasons, decided to move on off of Alfion. I went back into ophthalmology and Bob landed the job as CEO of MERS. Uh, when he landed it, we talked and he asked, would you, be, would you have any interest in coming back into aesthetics? And I said, yes, because I've always loved this business from day one. Yeah, absolutely. It is the, the be best well, business in look, the world. Like customers like you who could ask for more, right? right? It's awesome. It's I know, I'm great. pretty great. It is. You are. <laughs> and, and the people overall, it's a very close-knit community and, and people are, I don't know, it's just where it's else you work with world. beautiful people that are nice. Exactly. Not many other places, exactly. Right? I'm, I'm here for all of it. it. It literally is. It's economy proof. I mean, we all know, like, for example, if this is sad. If I had to choose between paying my light bill or paying for my Botox, I'm going to be sitting in the dark, but at least I'm going to look good doing it. Yeah. You know? Well, look what's happened, right? All these stimulus checks have gone out there, and we have a feeling that oh, people yeah. are spending it on aesthetics. They which sure is great. are. You know, the rebound from... Uh, from COVID has been fantastic for us. Yeah. So tell, tell me more about that. How, how are you guys recovering from COVID? Did it, and how did it affect your business? Well, the category itself is doing phenomenal. Everybody's growing in it. We are growing exceptionally well. Reports just came out where we've had three consecutive quarters of record growth holistically around all our product offering, which is great because at first we thought, okay, people may come back to injectables, certain injectables, maybe not so much filler intense, right? but more toxin-like. They won't go into all therapy because of the cost of that. Well, all areas of the business have been growing exceptionally well. So it's been really good for us. We're very excited about the future. I, I, I can agree with you on that. I went out on my own this last November of 2020. And as scary as it was, I don't regret any of it, it has been exceptionally busy, and I'm very thankful for that. Very, very grateful. Like who would have thought, Heather? Right? We who had thought? we had zero day sales. Yeah. During COVID, it was. It gives me goosebumps it right does. now thinking about it because I remember, I remember learning for the first time what the word furlough meant. Right. And because that happened, yeah. I was like, "What does that mean?" And they're like, "Well, basically, you you don't have a job, but we'll probably bring you back." And I'm like, "That." 
the the risk margin of that doesn't sound very secure. What does furlough mean? It's like we put you to the side until we need you again. Yeah, I, it's like you can get unemployment. Yeah. So you're not employed, but we think we can get you back whenever this is all well, that's scary. Th well, but you know what well, we decided as an executive team at MERS and I'm thankful for it and we're privately owned. So there's a family behind our company in Germany. And one thing they said is you could do almost anything you want to reposition yourself for the future coming out of this pandemic. Yeah. You can't let go of one employee. So we were not allowed to let go. So we, we kept everybody's salary intact. We did all the right things. That's and I'm amazing. Glad we did. Yeah. But no, in fact, we grew after it. We, we included 40 more territories. I love that. Yep. I love that. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I look back and appreciate on is seeing all the innovators coming through and seeing ways that they could grow from this and not just taking it on as like this bad life thunderstorm and right. just wallowing in, you know, this despair and uncertainty. There, there were a lot of people that were like, you know what, this is the best time to pivot and do something different. And yeah, I, I'm applaud. I applaud you guys for Thank sticking you. with, you know, keeping the employees paid yeah. and, and then seeing growth from that. That's amazing. Yeah. It's been a real blessing for sure. So, and I know like personally, I went from being strictly, you know, in person to doing a lot of virtual stuff, which yeah. I feel like there's a lot of possibility for that too. I think you could do well either or. I mean, I feel pretty, that's when I started the podcast and we're here now. So it Great. can't be all bad, See, right? Everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. So MERS is, you know, they produce products that are, uh, there's a neurotoxin, there's yep. Zeomin, there's uh Bellatero, there's Radius. And then like you were saying, there's all therapy, which is a skin tightening device. How would you say that MERS is different from your competitors? That's a great question. Well, this is funny. Pre-COVID, MERS decided to separate their aesthetic business from their neuro business. Big move. We moved the entire world headquarters to Raleigh, North Carolina, and we created its own company, which allows us now to be the largest freestanding aesthetic company in the world. That's what we're known as. And so all our resources, all our individuals are purely focused on aesthetics, aesthetic products, and practices. So Perfect. we do nothing else. We're not we're not chasing down somebody with a migraine headache with our products. We are completely focused on I'm you guys. glad for that because I yep. don't treat migraine headaches with yes. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like there's got to be another way. Well, and, you know, we had choices, and I decided to stay on the beauty side, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, no. So uh, with MERS, what do you foresee on the horizon? Can you talk about? Yeah. So, you know, we we have a very interesting portfolio of products because some of them are consumables, one-time use, like a neurotoxin, like Xeomin or fillers like Radius. And then we have products like Althera. And what we're doing is we're taking those those competencies and we're saying, how do we leverage it to a higher level to benefit the practices? And we look at business a little bit different. So we don't look at how much products we have in our portfolio. We look at how many times can we touch the patient. Right. And so we would like to offer a lineup of products that would touch the patient more than 90% of the time. And we're close to that now. So we, we do a lot of collaboration. Now we have Salt Facial. I don't think you and I have had a chance to talk about that No, yet. but I am familiar with Salt Facial. Okay. We can definitely sure. talk about that sure, we later. Can, I mean, that yeah. that's something that I'm definitely interested in. Oh, good. It's a great product. We're excited about it. We're doing very well with it. We also have a joint venture with Candela and all their lasers. So if you bring all those things together, we are over 90% 
offering that would interact with the patient. This is great. Basis. So this yep. is, and this is part of the reason why I do podcasts. Cause at the same time, I'm like just an innocent plug here, but house of beauty, right. which has been around since 2015 rebranded, but we do, we're a very laid back approach to med spas. We're not your typical where you walk in, get offered champagne and everybody's like kind of stuffy and highfalutin. We're like the come in, you know, BC before COVID, right. give me a hug. Now it's like, give me just a hand pound, but people are friends. But anyway, what I was going, where I was going with that is that one of the next things that we're looking to acquire is lasers. So, well, good. We'll and see, later. and that's what we want to do. We want to say, Heather, you're a great customer with our injectable side of the business. You could benefit through that relationship and other products. So yeah. that's what we're doing and very exciting stuff out there. We definitely got to talk. Yeah. 100%. Yep. So we keep saying ZMN. I'm sure there's people out there that don't know what Zeoman is sure. and I know it's growing, Yep. Um, but what would make somebody choose Zeoman over something else? Other than being a, a great group of people yeah. managing the company. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I would. So listen, Zeoman, obviously we are, we are third in share with toxins, but you're right. We're growing very, very fast. We've done that through acquiring different celebrities and personalities. So, you know, we had Christy Brinkley yes. not too long ago, and now we have Gwyneth Paltrow. I did see that. Yes. And that's going very well. That campaign is going very well for us. And the exciting thing about Gwyneth is that she tried toxins before. They did not work for her. She tried Zeman for the properties that make it unique, which now I'll answer your question is, is the, you know, we're pure of any type of additives, if you will. I call it the organic. The organic. A lot of people call it that. Uh, it's what the way it's referred, but we don't have additives. We are a pure toxin play. And she had a great results because of that. So it was kind of a great collaboration between Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop and us to come together and do this. I mean, I'm just saying I'm very thankful that she's not saying that she doesn't do neurotoxins and that she does olive oil. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, but she did say that for a while. That she, she did? did? That she didn't do neurotoxins. I don't know if she said she did olive oil, but <laughs> you've seen her show on Netflix, I mean, you know right? what I'm talking about, though, Oh, right? yeah, I do. Well, yeah. Olive oil yes. sales have definitely gone up since that whole situation happened. And so has, you know, her candles have sold out quickly. And a lot of things Gwyneth touches. Yes. She's a little controversial, she, she but sells. she does well. She does a very good job at it. But she is a user. For those who are wondering, does she really use Zeman? She does, and she does successfully. I'm a user, too, and I'm proud to admit it Good. heavily. Well, it works well. Yeah, thank you. I I do. I freeze my face, and I don't want anybody to see. I just want to appear pleasant right. all the time. I get that. So that's that's my goal. Um, so with Zeoman, because it doesn't have preservatives, does that completely wipe out the risk for building a tolerance to the product? Well, we do have research on that, and we have shown that it is better with tolerance. It, we have shown through different studies that people don't build immunities to it and it takes on a regular basis. But a lot of our growth, I have to say, is almost starting with that younger generation that wants to do something different. They don't necessarily want to use what their mother was using. They want to try something different. And we're seeing most of our growth coming from a what we call zennials. They're somewhere between yes. millennials and the X generation. And we're seeing a lot of growth coming from that group. Yeah, I'm categorized as a elder millennial, which I find quite rude. For, <laughs> but I, you may, I'm not going to ask your age, but you may be a zennial. Yeah, know. I'm, hey, 
click. This is one of the things that, and I talked about this when I met you. So for those listening, I met you at a, an event that Scott Callahan put on and he was a guest on the show a couple episodes ago. And you know, something that I'm very passionate about is to be for, there's such a societal pull for women to have this level of perfection. And as we get older, it seems that people devalue women and you can interject if you feel the need to, but that we devalue women as they get older, because a lot of, of what we are is judged on our appearance. Right. And so, you know, for me, I, I tell, I preach this and you'll, people probably get sick and tired of me talking about this all the time. But when somebody's in my chair, I will never say my goal is to make you look younger. Right. Because that's impossible for you to be younger. And frankly, I don't ever want to be younger than what I am because I've grown so much each year that passes that I think about what I was 10 years ago and it makes me kind of cringe. Like I don't like who that person was. So, you know, not to get too far out of the loop with that, but I'm proud of, of my age. And the goal for me in aesthetics is to help other women to feel confident at the age that they are and to make them feel and look like the best version of themselves, because I think that that confidence radiates beauty. So anyways, that's just And I agree with you. If I could just build on that a little bit, you know, I constantly tell my wife, I don't remember going to school younger and seeing such beautiful mothers like I see today. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. And they're looking great. And I don't think they're doing it to appeal to men or stuff, but they're doing it for self-care. They want to feel confident. They want to look good. And it's working. And you're right. It's not about looking younger. It's about looking good and knowing you're looking. Yes. And feeling confident with that. Because I do. I think that beauty starts from within. And you could do 10,000 things to the exterior. But if the interior is broken, it's still going to show through. You know, and I'm sorry for interrupting, but it shows through in uh, like certain cities where people have really adopted this this ideology that you're talking about. So if we go to Orange County, California, Dallas, Texas, Miami, Florida, you look around and some of these older women are just... They're, they're beautiful. I mean, their features, the way they've taken care of, the way they're carrying themselves, you see it's evident in those. You know, Absolutely. I'm not saying it's not evident everywhere else, but in those cities where it's a heavy density of self-care, let's say. Yeah. You're seeing some great results. Absolutely. So this is cheesy, but I'm 35, 35-ing and thriving. I would have. And I, I'm and totally I'm, proud and of this that. is not because I'm in your podcast. I would have thought you were a lot younger. Well, thank you. Honestly. I appreciate that. And I know it's not about looking young, but your high energy, your fun, and, you know, that came through, obviously. I, try, I mean, scores. that's something that we were talking about before. It's you got to make the most out of life because yeah. you only have one. So that's, I, complacency is my biggest pet peeve. Yep. So, And that's in all aspects of Good life. Good for you. Good, well, thank you. Good thing to live Not by. to toot my own horn, but. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So going back to a little bit more of the business side of things. So with your time at MERS, and you yep. said you've been there for four years. That's correct. You've probably been into several different med spas. Yes, a lot. Yes. What do you think makes a successful practice? Wow, that's a, that's a good question. <clears throat> as much as I as I struggle in saying this, it really has to do with the provider, the founder. If they have good self worth and they've been a participant in feeling great and doing good self care that usually comes through in a successful practice from what I've seen. Yeah, Not in all cases, but in a lot of cases. Um, I also would say it's just understanding 
and you kind of said it, you, you don't sit there and tell them you're going to make them younger. You're going to ask them what is bothering you? What would make you feel better? And then it's making sure you have the right products or services that allow that to happen. Absolutely. I think that you're only as good as your products that yep. you have, because no matter how great of an injector you are, if you don't have the products to perform, you're still going to be selling yourself short. Well, let's think about this, right? 25 years ago, if somebody wanted to look at it, it involved major surgery. Yes. Right. And now you could almost do it all without an incision. Yes. That's pretty amazing. It is amazing. I'm still, still trying to talk to my docs and I'm like, I'm 35. Can I do some preventative stuff? And they're like, get, no, get out. But yeah. that's on the, I don't think you need to. And I, I, I strongly, my wife is 54 and she looks outstanding. I would never encourage her to take. She does. I saw pictures of her. She's She's gorgeous. She's I'm beautiful. very blessed, man. Yes, she is. And, and she's she's a customer. I'm not going to lie, but she's not had any major surgical yeah. interventions. Right? Well, I mean, I don't understand why injectables are still considered taboo anyways, you know? I don't get it either. And, you know, I, I don't think they are. I think what we're seeing coming out of Zoom, so our growth hasn't just been on our current customer base. We have a lot of people coming into the industry. I mean, yes. patients, right? Yeah. So we're seeing a bolus of some new patients coming in that probably wouldn't have come in if had COVID not happened. Right. And had then not gone to the Zoom gloom. Well, right? It was stressful. Yeah, it was stressful. <laughs> I mean, we were seeing more anger lines than than ever before. Well, think about it. You're walking around your house. And you're probably saying it's maybe a little bit time for me. Yes. This time. And so we're seeing a, a large group of people coming in that probably wouldn't have come in pre, pre-COVID. So. Yeah, I love it. I'm here for all of it. Yeah. So, okay. So that's what, in your opinion, makes a med spa successful is the person running the show. So how, as a company, do you help struggling med spas become successful? Well, we there's a lot of things we do. One is we, we want to offer a diverse group of product offerings. So like I said, we don't have to. It doesn't have to be MERS for us to offer it, like salt facial candela. We also have consultants that work for us. We call them strategic account managers. They usually come from a successful practice into the role. So they come in and they consult practices that maybe want to grow faster or are struggling or just enter the market. So that's one mechanism we have. The other mechanism is we support groups like Be Her. Have you heard of Be Her? I, I haven't. Okay. I, I You touched on it a little bit, and I wanted to explore that sure. further. So tell me tell me about that. So what you see in industry a lot is you see these women initiatives happen, and sometimes they're kind of polarizing. So other competitors, for example, have brought four women together that are dermatologists to talk about aesthetics. Got it. And what we realized is we need to – bring together a group of women that are all encompassing that come from different walks. So we have a PA, we have an ocular plastic, we have a plastic surgeon, we have a derm and we're going to let them share with, with the rest of women coming into the business usually. So we, we look for as women a unit. as a unit, as that. one entity. They mentor these women coming in. They provide educational videos on their website. They'll be doing podcasts or YouTube lives and stuff where they just talk about the struggles you may be facing starting this practice and such. And they give them access to special pricing through their influence. I love that. Yeah. Well, I, I love the idea that you're allowing different titles to collaborate together because another big stigma, especially in, well, I can't say this and it'd be fair, but, um, I've noticed it a lot in Texas that there's certain physicians that are completely against PAs, NPs, nurses injecting. And my opinion of that is, you know, really we, as long as you are knowledgeable and competent in anatomy, 
product placement, patience, all of that. I mean, I've I've seen some great work from nurses. Absolutely. And so we, in fact, we're one of the first companies to embrace what we would call mid-levelers. I know people don't like that word. I know. It's so I know. offensive. It's so offensive. And, and we're trying to find a better word for it. But I'm going to help you think on that because I know whenever I did my clinicals during my grad school, my preceptor would get called mid-level by the pharmaceutical reps all the right. time, and they would immediately get shut oh, out. I know. Like, I hate I'm it. I'm not a mid-level. I hate it. So what are other words for mid-leveler? I can't even... Medical extender. Extenders. But that's almost like an extender. It's, it's, it's not a val Yeah, it's not a valid yeah, job either, right? So it's, it's interesting. But what I will say to you, not all the core doctors going through medical school today could... could service the growth we're seeing in aesthetics. Right. This category is growing between eight and 10% year over year. By the way, very little medical categories are growing like this. Right. So if every single plastic surgeon, dermatologist that went out there and tried to service these, these bowls of people coming into the category, they can't. Well, and just because you are a physician or a DO, that does not automatically qualify you does not. to be a good injector. I think, you know, that that would be like me saying, yeah, I'm going to I'm just going to go into neuro right. and be excellent. Like I would you do not want me to be your neuro person. I will mess everything up. That'd so that would be like that would be like be your injector. You don't want like that no, either, right? No, no that's not no. going to happen. It's just it's not a good combination. Right. So yeah, no, I think that it's great that you guys are collabing on different specialties cuz it it is. I mean, there's a lot of really great injectors out there that are not Medical, but most well, of our growth has come physician. out of med spas right now. So if you if you break our growth up, it's coming from the med spas. Perfect. Okay, so with your group being all women, I know that we're our our demographic primarily is women. Yep. But I'm a firm believer that guys should be taking advantage of treatment too. I agree. Although I don't disagree with the fact that if you guys look older, that's fine too. Cause you know, we should right. always look better, but I've noticed, you know, my, my male clientele has steadily increased and, you know, they take advantage of bro talks and all the other things that we have to offer on the aesthetic side. So since being in this industry, are you participating in all of the things that you offer? I don't have an option because Everybody I see wants to do some type of procedure on me. And they're always pointing yeah. out that thing. So like I have this frown line. Everybody points that out to me. It's like, Jeff, I could definitely, you know, take that out. So yeah, I'm a part I'm an active participant. I endorse our products not only through executive decisions, but I'm a user. Right? Didn't you get you got threads too? I got threads when I was with you guys. We got yeah. threads uh for the lower jawline. So. How did you feel about that? Good. Did you what, like well, it? what do you think? They should be holding they uh, should yeah. be holding, right? Uh, it, I still see some definition. I see some definite you've got yes. some jawline there. It's a, it's sharp. It yeah. can cut somebody. Yeah, it was it was definitely a different procedure, right? It, to, to feel those threads coming through you and all that. But yeah, yeah great results. But it wasn't like the videos of threads I think are a little traumatic, but it actually doesn't in my, it didn't really hurt. Like, it no. Felt, and if you don't see what's going on, you really don't think about yeah, it. Right? You don't say, yeah. It's, well, it's kind of like whenever you are looking at like rhinoplasty or liposuction, those videos are terrible, Yeah, but I would still do it. 
yeah. but I would do everything. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm not opposed to not trying something either. I, I'm actually kind of like an unofficial model for Althera that our sales rep uses because my before and afters were so drastic. Oh, I and love I'll show Althera. those to you later. But yeah, please do. Yeah, it's amazing the definition I got out of that procedure. And I know people talk about the pain, but I actually fell asleep because I had a really good Altherapist that was delivered <laughs> it, right? So, That's, well, yeah, no, I, I, would say that it wasn't terribly painful. I think it's just a, so for people that don't know, Althera is a, it's a device right. that uses ultrasound technology to cause a very controlled injury to the tissue. Correct. And by doing so, it's going to cause the body to regenerate collagen, which right. is the skin tightening effect. Correct. So it's a great thing to do for really, I would I would recommend it for people over the age of 30 and some people disagree with that, but you're just banking collagen. So yep. I think the more you have, the better off you are. Uh, but it's a longer procedure. So yep. I think for the people that say that it is terribly painful, either they aren't being treated by a good all therapist. So good. Either. You're right. Right. Um, so I don't, I didn't find it that painful. It's just, it's a longer thing. So you kind of have to sit there for a little bit. It is. And the results are great. And I wanted to get it again, unfortunately, but I grew a beard during COVID. So I, uh, now that I've shaven for the summer, a lot of, I grew a beard during COVID. Everybody grew a beard during COVID. I hope not, but yes, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not true. (laughs) There were definitely some things happening during COVID. A lot of things happened at COVID. A lot of things. I was wearing sweatpants almost every day or shorts. It was like amazing. Yeah. I came out like. With a little bit more alcohol in my cabinet and oh, yes. you know, a little heavier and, but more patient, Yep. little PTSD, but resilient. Yep. So no, I think we all had different experiences. Oh, I smoked 200. I, I counted it. I think I smoked around 220 cigars in oh two and a half months we were down. So oh, me and Scott talked about that on the show too. I was like, man, I'm going to have Jeff on the show later. And the experience that we had, it was amazing. It was all the injectors. We went crazy because it was like the first trip I took after COVID. Same with me. Smoking cigars, <laughs> dancing around, playing listening guitars, to music, yep. playing guitar. It was fun. That was, it was great. That's the one thing I can say about this industry is that we know how to party. We do. Oh my gosh. We did it big. It was great. We do. And we're coming back. You know, we've, we're, I'm allowed to travel a little bit more and yeah. everywhere I go, it's like a family reunion. It's, it's great. amazing. I love it. No, yeah. I haven't, I have never been to a conference where people didn't get down and it's been, it's, it's very entertaining. Well, supposedly the one I'm going to from here, AmSpa is like a big party from what I hear. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that. Yes. So little plug here for AmSpa. Sure. You guys are involved with what they're doing. Yep. What are they doing? So there's a big event in Vegas. I guess they have this annually. This is the yes. first time that we are actually in collaboration with them. We decided to come in at a big level, at a high level. We're one. Of the, I think we're one of the biggest partners they have this year. And the reason we've doing this, because I've said, you know, we're seeing the growth in these spas. And uh, we decided to go ahead and, and access them more directly through AmSpa. Yes. And I'm actually part of an industry panel that's happening on Wednesday. So it's me and my competitors, and we're just talking about the future, kind of like this podcast. So right. they're gonna, you're going to send it out before they hear it over there, which is great. But yeah. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Uh, no, I love, I, I was with the, I collaborated with AmSpa last year and they put on an amazing, sh- well, was it was the year before, I guess, 2019. Yeah. Cause was, they had to cancel the 2020. Was that one in was Vegas it? that you went to do? Yeah. It yeah. Was, and it was, again, it was a great party. The only struggle was it was in Vegas. Yes. So I'm like, I got to take it down a little bit. Did you show up to any gonna, courses? I didn't show up to any of the 8am <laughs> ones, which I mean, I don't, 
think that anybody was surprised. Right. I made it to the brunch good where they had Bloody Marys. So well, that's good. Yeah, I think it, it was fine. Right. Everything was fine there. Good. So, but no, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. So, any so you're working with Anspaw with them. You guys are going to sit on the panel with your competitors. Yep. Is it similar? Because our industry is a very competitive industry. Do you get along with the other competitors? Yeah, you know, yes. Some better than others. You know? All PC, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. There's some I respect a lot. I think they're doing some good. You know, listen, one time the, the guy who ran Coca-Cola, they asked him if he hated Pepsi. And he said, I can't hate Pepsi because Pepsi allows me to be better Coke. I I, lo- I think the best thing for business is competition. I agree. I love it. Then it comes into the complacency. If not, you just yeah. don't make, you don't do anything. As long as everybody plays fair, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay. Great answer. I applaud you on that. That was strong, strong work. Good. Good. So where can people find you guys on social media? Cause that's the biggest thing for me is I am a collaborator. Yes. I, I, yes, I have competitors, but it's with respect. Right. I don't play dirty. I don't talk dirty. It's just strictly let's help each other grow because if I help you grow, I'm going to grow also. Wow. You nailed it, Heather, because that's our strategy. Is it? Yeah. Our strategy is not to build the MERS social media platform, although we have one and it is growing, but our strategy is to help you grow your social platform Absolutely. and and hopefully be a partner in that. And when I say partner, not like giving you products for free or anything, but if you say, Hey Jeff, I want to talk about Zeman and and you have anything on on Instagram that I could show. Yeah. We're going to help you with that. Right. Or we're going to make sure we, project whatever activities you have through our own social media exactly. as well. So well, we if you want to give me free product at any point, I'm not ever going to say no to my favorite drugs. Well, we're bringing you on. <laughs> we're bringing you on. So yes. whatever you need to get those naive patients, and that's how we look at it. Any naive patients that you come in, and the good news about you is you're, you're, trans, you're in transition with MERS, on yes. a lot of our products. So you're in a good place to grow with us. And so we're excited well, about Well, and that. the naive, just to kind of touch on that for a second, I will say that probably... I want to say like 40% of mm-hmm. my new clients are new to injectables, which is wow. huge because if you asked me that a year ago, you know, everybody had had injectables before. And I want to say 70% of our market does not get injectables, whether it be financial reasons or just out of fear. Right. So since being very vocal about keeping things very naturally beauty natural beauty driven. Right. I've gotten so many blank canvases and it's my favorite thing. And so Xeomin fits in really well with that because a lot of the times they're worried about putting something in their face that they're not familiar with. So the less preservatives there are, the better they feel right. about doing it. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited to which puts work you in a great position, I think, because we could do a lot together. For sure, absolutely. And our best customers came in early with us, so you know, you met a few of them: Jennifer Levine, Bridget yes. Williamson, Scott Callahan. They all started very early in their careers, and we helped them grow. Grow because I love that. it grew up. But we knew we had to help them grow. Not well. How are we different? You're going to hear about Zeman. We're going to have celebrities out there, but we're really about how do we grow your practice with yes. Zeman. So we take it a little bit differently. So you're not going to see us plummet the TV with all kinds of advertisement. I love that. Yep. No, I think that that's great. How do people find you on social media? How do they learn more about MERS? Well, you know, we have our own 
Instagram. We have our website. There's, if you go to the website and you look up MERS, you're going to have two websites that come up. One would be the German website for the global business and one's the U.S. So look up MERS USA. Um, but I, what I would tell you is connect with some of your favorite social media connect individuals. With me. Yes, exactly. That that's what we would want. We want we want to influence peer to peer. Yeah, I hear it. So on that, I mean, if you are listening to the podcast and you're not following me yet, you should be. And you can find me at injector underscore Heather. You can also find us at House of Beauty underscore F W. Because I, I'm, I stay pretty active on my social media. And I like to think you that do. sometimes I'm entertaining, I hope. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's where you find us. But I super appreciate you being on the show. Well, we appreciate you. And Thank I look you. forward to working with you guys more because, yeah, it's, it, that's the, the biggest part of this is just growing. And I've loved every product that I've ever tried of MERS and love to offer it to patients because... I feel very comfortable using it. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Heather. I'm 100% sure that you're going to be on the show again at some point because we're just going to grow from here. So anyway, if you're listening, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Heather. Appreciate uh, it. You guys make sure, please subscribe and leave a review because it helps me out tremendously. And I look forward to speaking to you guys again next week on Sex, Love, and Injectables. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.